0: This is Talking Business. My next guest is Mike Lawrence, who's the CEO of the Customer-Owned Banking Association. G'day, Mike. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Alan. Pleasure to be here. How many customer-owned banks are there in your association?
1: Uh, We've got 70, uh, and they represent uh, credit unions, mutuals, and building societies, and they're located right across Australia, and uh, we have a very good footprint, certainly in regional and rural Australia. A lot of them have become banks, though, haven't they? Uh, they've b- become banks by by name, uh, but they've stayed true to what they are, which is a mutual. Uh, so they are still member-owned. Um, about 12, 18 months ago, legislation was passed whereby the mutual uh, institutions could change their name and have bank. Um, and prior to that you had to have $50 million worth of capital to be able to do it. Now uh, they can just um, choose to change their names and, and about over 20 of them have chosen to do that and some refer to themselves as mutual banks and others um, have had to change a name and refer to themselves as, as a bank. Are they banks in name only or, or are they real banks? Oh, they're real banks uh, in terms of what banking is, and that's why some of them have chosen to to change the name because yeah you know, the 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 views are that the younger generation uh, credit union is probably uh, has less meaning to younger generation bank or banking describes what they do, um, and all of our members are you know retail operations or retail banks as such, uh, but structurally different from investor-owned banks in that they are member-owned.
0: And how much of the market in
1: Australia do they have? Uh, It depends on which side of the balance sheet. Um, So in terms of, well, my marketing pitch uh, that I like to say is that as a collective group, they are the fifth largest bank with total assets of $121 billion. And deposits of over a hundred billion, um, but obviously that's sp- spread across the seventy members. But they do control ten percent of retail deposits, which is not insignificant. And what about
0: what percentage of um, of loans?
1: Oh uh, well, that, that is less. Uh, you know, the majors dominate there. So unfortunately, it's um, you know only around two uh, percent, but growing and growing faster than system.
0: Which is the next question? Have you been
1: growing more quickly? Post the the royal commission than before it, Uh, yes we have. They were growing um, nicely before the royal commission as well in terms of outperforming what we call system growth or uh, you know the speed at which the uh, entire financial services market um, grows. Um, So in terms of lending uh, for the past twelve months, the customer-owned banking institutions have grown at seven point eight percent versus the major banks at 2.6%. And then on the deposit side, uh, there's also been um, nearly a 2% increase uh, on that front as well. So they're performing well, but we definitely are seeing increased um, activity and switching off the back of the Royal Commission. And um, I'm just wondering whether you think that um, there's some sort of cap on
0: how much uh, of the market the customer-owned banks can actually take uh, on either side of the balance sheet, really. I mean, I guess... um uh, there's probably a limit, a uh, bit of a lower limit to what you can get in in lending, but in deposits, what do you think?
1: Well, deposits are a form of funding for them. Um, yeah, they don't. Uh, generally speaking, uh, they rely uh, predominantly on retail deposits, um, as opposed to the major banks who are heavily into wholesale funding. Uh, some of our larger ones do play in the wholesale funding space, but you know it's. On across the board, uh, it's predominantly more of the retail deposits. In terms of the lending, well, that's constrained by capital. Um, and the customer-owned banks have been um, shackled in the past in that they haven't been able to raise capital uh, other than by way of retained earnings. Um, but legislation was passed uh, earlier this year. Uh, it was referred to the Hammond Bill uh, or the Hammond uh, report, and it will enable the customer-owned banks to now raise capital without triggering a demutualisation. So it required changes to the corp- uh, the Corporations Act. Um, unfortunately, the Corporations Act never had a definition as to what a mutual was, and that is now in the Corps Act, and uh, it's quite simple. It's provided they stay true to one member, no more than one vote, then it won't trigger demutualisation. So... In the future, they're going to be able to go out and raise um, common equity one, uh, common equity um, uh, capital and um, compete with the, the majors on that ground. So that will enable them to continue to grow as well.
0: Well, what sort of capital is it? I mean, I presume the people who are giving you the money or giving the, the customer owned banks the money uh, won't
1: get more, more of a vote than one. They will get one vote, no matter how much money they put in. Uh, that's that's correct, um, but they will get a return uh, on their investment, um, and so there are you know strict guidelines around how this can be issued. But but for all intents and purposes, it is uh, the raising of a share, um, and therefore it needs to look and feel like a share um, for the investor market um, we're not at that stage here yet we've still we still need to work through uh, all the the detail of you know how do you create a market for this is it retail investors is it wholesale investors um, is it listed on a stock exchange um, to make it liquid you know do you Put it on a, you know, the ASX or the NSX. Uh, So there's still a lot more work to be um, to be done in that space. So no one's uh, no one's actually done it yet. Not under not under this. We we still have members that are raising capital, um, and they're they're raising um, T1 capital. um, uh, But equally, they're out there raising T2 capital as well. But there are uh, requirements around the amount of CET1 that that they have to hold, and at the moment it can only be by retained earnings. You must have been a bit
0: horrified when you saw the recommendation from the Royal Commissioner, Ken Hayne, to... um uh, to make, uh, or basically, to get rid of mortgage brokers to to f- force them to charge their customers rather than take commissions from the banks, because um, that would have been a big blow to to your members, I imagine, if mortgage brokers disappeared.
1: Look, we've got members uh, from one end of the spectrum to the other. We've got members that that don't use mortgage brokers. We've got uh, ones at the other end uh, that use them quite heavily um, and see them as another form of distribution. Um, so, yes, we were uh, certainly talking to both sides of government uh, as this played out, um, and I think that you know, where we've landed, uh, you know, common sense has prevailed. It, it will still be under review in terms of the remuneration, um, but changes are already afoot around best interest duties uh, for mortgage brokers, and there's more work to be done. But you know, from my perspective uh, running an association, what we are... Very much focused on is competition, and anything that's not good for competition, um, we certainly will get involved in, and you know mortgage brokers do play a part, and um we were we were active because of that, but it was really through the competition lens. what What are the key challenges that
0: your members face apart from capital, which is obviously a constraint and distribution? are they really it they're the the only things holding your members back? I think
1: the the thing that they're struggling with the most uh, is just the the extent of regulation. Um, it, there is just a blizzard of regulation coming their way, um, and the issue that that our members have is um, proportionality, and we've seen many e- examples of where. Regulation has been applied in a, um, as the Productivity Commission um, correctly stated, with a blunt instrument. And so it's a one size fits all, and that disproportionately impacts the smaller players. You know, the larger banks um, obviously have uh, greater access to resources, whether that be money, people, um, than the smaller players. So when you treat everyone, uh, equally, then it is very disproportionate, and a good example of that was the ten percent investment cap that APRA put uh, across all ADIs, and um, you know that really impacted our our sector because you know if you've got a small investment book, you're going to hit your cap far quicker than a major bank who might have a four hundred billion dollar investment book, and um, that really impacted our. Our customers and um, and our members. So yeah, you know, that's an example of you know a one size fits all. That's disproportionate when you've got major banks already controlling 80%, 85 percent of the market in what is arguably an oligopoly, um, that's not good for competition.
0: So they shouldn't have put the cap on to your members. They should have just put it on the big ones.
1: Well, what we would say is that, um, you know, we're not asking to be separately regulated. What we want is regulation to take into consideration size, uh, the complexity of an organisation, but also be targeted at the objective. Now, if the issue was we've got heated Property price uh, values in Sydney and Melbourne, um, then hitting all our members right across regional Australia, is that really a targeted approach, um, or is it just a simplistic approach uh, because it's easy to do that, and um, you know everyone suffered as a result.
0: But it's gone now, isn't it? So I suppose it's all. Um... Uh, it's all systems go again. Well,
1: it has gone, um, and we're certainly pleased with that. But uh, you know, the the risks haven't gone away. You know, we've got we've got seventy six recommendations from the royal commission still to be implemented. Um, some of them are in the throes of being implemented. Uh, over forty of those relate to the banking. Um, And they require legislation to be passed, bills um, to be passed. Some of them require the industry to get together and work together on solutions. Um, It's critical that we're at the table on all of those discussions because we run the risk of being collateral damage. And whilst the actions could be targeted at the, uh, the big end of town, who are the ones that were front and centre of this Royal Commission. Um, the unattended consequences on the smaller players uh, could be significant. So we, you know, there is still a lot of risks, um, but we need to, as I say, make sure that we're at the table there. Well, good on you,
0: Mike. I, Mike, I hope you are. So uh, it's been great to talk to you. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks, Helen. I've been talking to Mike Lawrence, who's the CEO of the Customer-Owned Banking Association.